0: TV on this beautiful Saturday. I hope that the audio is good. It looks a little low to me. Hello, hello. Let me see here. I think the audio is not quite right, is it? Hmm. Sometimes when the computer resets like it did recently, it has to do its thing. Okay, I think that is working. Okay, let me check the stream really quick that there's not a lot of buzz or noise or hiss. On your end, on your next, leave me, a please a comment. Leave me a one if everything is good in the chat, and I will know what's going on. Okay, let's see here. What's going on? Yep, it's sounding good. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you so much, guys, for being here on this beautiful Saturday morning. It is Ask Me Anything live stream with Coach, future Doctor T. Rig. So I am, by the way, working on my doctorate. I'm not a doctor yet, but at some point, hopefully in the next year or so, maybe two, I will then be Dr. T. Rig. I'm working on my doctorate in religious studies in the area of discipleship and uh, evangelism. So I'm really excited about that. But I was listening to my friend Cliff, shout out to Cliff Ravenscraft, just uh, this morning. And he also has an AMA, Ask Me Anything, that he's been doing, these streams every day this week as part of his business plan, I guess, got me thinking about purpose and all those things that we deal with and we ask about and peace. As an Enneagram 3, I am always looking, I'm sure you can relate to this, to succeed and to appear successful and to have money and to all these external things. And what we sacrifice along the journey is our own peace, mental peace especially. And so, yes, as... I've, quote, struggled the last two years with money. Everything else has been pretty amazing. We've also grieved a lot. Then I have not felt very happy or experienced a lot of peace only because I tell myself that I don't have any peace, which is a big lie, right? And of course, my faith has helped me tremendously. But I think that What's really been transformative for me has been the Enneagram, has been personality tools, has been coaching people that are similar to me, listening to Cliff and other guys like that. And hopefully I can also be that resource to you, if perhaps you're dealing with the same thing, because I've realized that there's a ton of us out there that are achievers and go-getters and doers, that when we're not at the top of our game financially, physically, whatever it is, externally, basically, then we feel... We don't have peace. Our, we lack peace. Our peace goes out the window. And so um, I just ordered this book. I forget what it's called. He mentioned it's something, mm, something about the spirit or understanding your spirit, something like that, which seemed very interesting to me, which gave him a lot of insights, this clip I'm talking about, about this idea of peace. I find that if I could fix one thing about me, it would be my peace. To experience peace, no matter what my circumstances tell me, no matter... Now, as I've said, I have lost my uncle. I lost my father-in-law, who was a mentor, father figure. My mother-in-law, a job. My wife lost her job two years ago. We had the pandemic. Our beautiful Daisy the dog is not well. Our son is moving out. So... My son, that's more of a, I don't know, just typical father thing, right? Empty nester kind of thing. But all these losses, right, have been major loss of income, loss of identity, wondering what the heck am I going to do. So I'm not saying that I have no reason to feel a little bit, a little out of sorts, but we've all been through the same stuff, right? We've all, none of us has escaped the pain and the anxiety and fear and shame of these last two years, whether it's grief whether it's illness whether it's job loss whatever it may be maybe relational issues marriage divorce you name it right as and then as young people people in their maybe early 20s i'm also noticing similar patterns so really this is kind of a pandemic 2.0 this post-pandemic effect and we have to find our peace once again our joy our strength, our way, so that we can thrive in this new world and be examples of of Jesus to this lost and dying world. And recently, as I mentioned, I applied at an amazing church here in the area. It would have been a dream job, amazing salary, amazing position, just a few minutes away from home. And out of 150 people, blah, 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 I was one of two finalists and they didn't choose any of us. So that was disappointing to say the least and but I just keep keep moving I drive by this church pretty much every day and I just say well see you later you know maybe next time right and just keep moving I have this wonderful place where I'm teaching math and I love it it's a little bit further from home than I wish but it really is a beautiful community and I know that God will use me to make a difference I love math And so it'll be a great job it's a full-time job and so it's it's a wonderful thing but of course peace right and so I know that my peace is not where I want it to be and a lot of it is because of what I tell myself that I should be here or that I should be doing something else or that I should be if I only had more success back to the whole success thing and that is the problem is for us threes we're constantly looking for external success or external peace we're really in Christ and as humans we know that our peace comes from within but how do you connect with that peace how do you tap <clears throat> excuse me tap into that internal peace it's not jesus's fault it's not it's not our circumstances it's our minds my mind and how i am not perceiving peace i have at times there have been many times these last 2 years where i have perceived and felt at peace and i realized that the more that i ignore my feelings in terms of pursuing happiness and move more towards being an average guy and not pursuing greatness the more peace that i find for almost two years i played at my beautiful church and i was just the bass player i wasn't any i didn't have a title i didn't have a salary it didn't matter i was just serving and that gave me so much peace when i was producing uh, Christian rap for a lot of young people and I was no one famous. I was just a guy behind a computer. I wasn't singing, playing, preaching. I had so much peace and enjoyment. When it all goes bad is when I get desperate about money. I'm not saying that we shouldn't worry about providing, of course, as a man, as a provider. These are important things and God always provides. But I think when that panic and that desperation begins to rise then i my peace as i said goes out the window <clears throat> as god stabilizes my life financially i don't still have the ultimate peace of being in the right place at the right time and where i am close to home and in the best church ever and all these things kind of like the church that i almost worked at but I can still find peace, even without that, because God is faithful, because God is good, because more than anything, because my peace isn't dependent upon external success. Instead, it's dependent upon relationships and connections, and as my therapist says, on releasing the outcomes, regardless of what the outcome is, whether I'm Succeeding externally, whether I'm seen as this or that or I'm just another bozo on the buzz as my other therapist says Then it is well with my soul and I and I find peace sometimes in that not always But at times when I think when I'm in my in my right mind when I am When it is well with my soul when I'm connecting the dots and I am praying and I am Worshipping Jesus and I am spending time with God and not pursuing so many things Then I do find peace What are the things that connect me to my truth, to the true me, to the true Jesus in me, to the, true Christ, the, uh, the hope of glory in me? Well, worship does. Yesterday, maybe you saw it on my Instagram at David Trigg. I was, I'm at this, uh, school in Costa Mesa, beautiful place, Christian school, and they have a piano there in the meeting room, and it's a nice one. I don't know if it's a Kuwait, Kuwait. Is that the brand? I'm not a piano guy. I don't know. Pianos. I don't think it's a Yamaha. Anyway, it's a beautiful black piano. And it's really nice. It's nicely tuned. And everyone had left. It wasn't for show as I normally would pursue. And it was just me. And I just wanted to play it. Because I'm going to be playing in a couple of days at this other event. So I just wanted to play and test it out. And and I began to play Reckless Love and, and, and Gyra. And I just began to cry. Uh, I don't know what. I think it was Reckless Love, and just, you know, that song is just so beautiful, and I just began to feel the presence of God, and feel my sadness in front of God, just saying, Lord, thank you. Here I am at this beautiful school that's uh, providing for me and my family, and it's a beautiful staff, I mean, really a glorious staff, beautiful staff, and here I am playing the piano worshiping you, and I was just crying and singing, half singing, half crying, you know, that like singing, crying, crying, singing, and I didn't know the songs very well, I mean, I know Reckless Love, but I'd never played gyro on the piano, so I was just learning it a bit, feeling a little self-conscious, but, you know, just worshiping my king, and honestly, from my heart, it was just coming out, and then, out of nowhere, these two, three little seventh grade girls, who I had met previously, when I was in my room, just came out, and you know how how little seventh graders stars I was like, oh my goodness, you sing so beautifully. And and I just said, I, I, do you love to worship? And they're like, yeah, we love to worship. And and I made it about them, of course, and about Jesus. I said, isn't Jesus amazing? We're created to worship. And I asked them if they sing or if they love chapel. And I said, yeah, we have chapel and we have a great worship leader and blah, blah, blah. And, and of course I said, thank you. And I just encouraged them. And I told them that my father taught me how to sing and how to play and that i honor him every time i worship jesus but after they left i just thought you know this is me man like i've known it since i was born and sometimes i regret having left worship for other things that i thought were maybe more shiny the shiny kind of object syndrome and that's just how god made me though i can't i was talking to rochelle about it i can't not be me even if it's not the best me i've always wanted to pursue the next thing whether it's music production or or Christian hip-hop or preaching or teaching or administrating or playing the piano or podcasting, live streaming. I am not the kind of person who just does one thing for 40 years. And in some ways I wish I was, because then I would probably never deal with unhappiness. But in some ways, if it wasn't for the money, I am very happy with my life and the choices I've made in in my career, because they've been exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to preach the word of God. I wanted to make disciples. I wanted to learn how to make beats and work with Christian hip hop artists. These are things that I've wanted to do. Now, who am I at the heart of the heart? Who am I? Why am I here, as they say? Well, I am a, a pastor. And why am I here? I'm here to make disciples and to preach the gospel. I'm a musician. I'm a worshiper. And this is why I'm here on this earth. And what job, what career? Well, yeah, worship pastor, normal pastor. Now I'm teaching. I don't think that teaching is what I'm going to do. I think that I'm going to be always a pastor. Not that I can't be a pastor in the classroom. Of course, I am. I was for the last year in the public school system. And I know that God used that greatly and now much more in the Christian uh, private school. But at the end of the day, I am a pastor. I am a teacher, of course. I love to teach and i love to make disciples and so that part of me connects with the classroom but i know that there's a passion for the church that i carry in my heart and for worship and for disciple making and for teaching the word of god that's why i'm getting my doctorate because i i want to learn more i want to keep learning i think i'm going to do my doctorate in the topic of mental health and gen z gen z right yeah that's young kids and because that's, first, who are the people that I love the most? It, it, certainly it's that age, you know, the 20-somethings, uh, high school, college, that age. I love that age. No matter um, how old or how young I am, that's just simply the age where I got shaped and formed and saved, where I made the most mistakes, and that's the area. And then, of course, mental health. It's something so dear and near to my heart that, of course, I want to help young people that are in that Gen Z uh generation to especially in the church males most of all again young men like me when i was that age that had nowhere to go and today the church doesn't talk about these things preach and read the bible and go to church and serve and do 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 pray go to the altar all great things that i believe in but you need especially this younger generation conversation understanding uh, wisdom As someone who knows that's why i'm a certified mental health coach through the Orange County Health Department, I went through a three-day, three-week-in training on how to be a pastor that understands how to coach and how to counsel. Not as a therapist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. I will be a religious doctor. But anyway, but how to help, especially young males, but young, young people in, in general, to understand what they're dealing with. And so one of the books that I use is right here, Hope and Help. For Your Nerves, it's a powerful book that I recommend, in Anxiety Now. I also use, for those who are older, another book called The Happiness Curve for people at midlife in their 40s, 50s, and a ton of other books, including The Enneagram, which is a spiritual personality test that's very, very insightful and spiritual. And of course, just my own experience, plus a million other tools that I have gained. And so these are the things that I do. I have a couple of clients that I love to meet with and help. I also do these live streams. I coach. I, of course, produce music. But at the end of the day, I love Jesus, and I love why am I here, and and uh, who am I? Why am I here? Who am I? I'm a child of God. I'm a Jesus freak. I'm a man of God, man of the cloth, <laughs> a religious man, a man who loves Jesus. And why am I here? I'm here to make disciples through worship, teaching, coaching, streams, etc. First to my wife and uh, that's really my first priority to love her to lead her to jesus to pray over her to to pray at night with her to wake up in the mornings and pray together and then to our children who are now of course 24 2 and 20 22 20 and yet of course they need that and we've done this since they were born even before they were born and when the grandkids come good uh, lord willing god willing then great and and then of course to any young person Uh, Child, kid, Um, this job that I almost got was a family's pastor, and man, I was just so excited to be able to influence a whole generation from children to youth to perhaps college and to their parents for jesus and uh, it would have been in an a ag- anyway so my point is that god is opening my heart way beyond the stage and being in on in front not that i don't love that i do love to stream i do love to play the guitar and sing and lead worship and and teach the bible but it's not about the stage and as i as god provides financially and as he's doing that every day every every month then my peace is, I can find peace once again. But as I said, I'm trying to find peace without the external success, find peace just because it is well with my soul. And even if our beautiful Daisy the dog, you know, just doesn't, doesn't survive this thing, she's dealing with some, uh, some issues, some tumors and such that it is well with my soul even if my beautiful son goes away to college which come on now right that's normal not for us hispanic males anybody know what i'm talking about right but anyway it is a part of life that it is well with my soul that even though my beautiful father in law all this stuff right and as my therapist says just give myself give myself time and as my other spiritual mentor spiritual director says you're just barely coming out of surgery and that's how i feel it's only been two years since the um my last church And it's just, I'm just getting out of surgery. And I feel, because I kept asking my therapist, am I ready? And he's like, it's not about being ready. He said, think of Elijah. Elijah wasn't ready. God made him ready, feeding him, giving him water and food and sleep. And then, of course, speaking into his mind through that so small voice. And Jezebel really screwed him up. She really did. And in some ways, my church really screwed me up. And of course I also made mistakes, and so it's not just a one-way street. I learned a lot, and, um, and, but Jesus will make me ready. When he calls me, here I am, Lord, send me. And right now he's called me to teach math at a, uh, at a beautiful, beautiful school, and so that's what I'm doing. And so thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that it doesn't matter whether I'm on stage or preaching or teaching or singing or not, or if I'm doing math with seventh graders, or 8th graders, it doesn't matter. God is still my peace, and my body's still catching up. My body has been through a ton. I still have some gastrointestinal kind of pains uh, a little bit, and I'm still out of shape. But hopefully in the next uh, year or so, I can get my body right and begin to take care of my body, that I think for most of us, many of us, many of us it was the last thing on our plate as we try to survive post-pandemic, and as in our case, grieving and this is what happens right for us at this age our parents age and they go through challenges and they do go and and they go be with jesus these are painful things that happen to us at midlife including our kids departing and our parents departing there's a lot of departure you could call it the triple whammy our career departs because we're no longer per se the people we used to be and yet we don't know where we're headed our parents are dying, aging, and our kids are getting older and leaving. So there's a lot, a lot of turmoil. It's not unlike 20-year-olds, what they go through. Maybe as they graduate college, they can't go back to high school or college. They don't know where they're headed. And um, they're growing up. And am I supposed to get married? Where's that man? Where's that woman? I don't want to get married. Where's my money? A lot of uncertainty. Plus, again, post-pandemic, we're dealing with a ton of uncertainty and it's um, it's a big deal. And for us people of faith, of course we have Jesus, but as I said, truth is truth, and we need to find as many tools and resources. It's like a car, right? A car is not gonna just simply run because you're praying. You have to take it in. If, if you break a foot or you injure your wrist, you're not gonna just pray, of course you are, but then you're also gonna put some bandages and, and, and rest your, your wrist or your ankle. It's the same thing with mental health and peace and love and joy and happiness and marriage and relationships and dating and breakups. Yes, and pastors, we're we're good and we're also bad because we just say, I don't do this, but many pastors are just pray, just get over with, stop grieving, just come to the altar, just go to church, just serve, serve, serve. And kids, especially these days that are so impressionable, they burn themselves out and they leave. And they go back to their evil ways. They go back to their habits. And no one ever stops to say, how are you doing? I am a trained professional that can help you with your mental health, with your breakup, with your whatever it is. Yes, through the Word of God, but also through wisdom, understanding, and tools that are out there. So these are some of the things that I do. Uh, One of the things, maybe to close, that Cliff was talking about is if if money was no object, what would he do? And so I thought, for me... I would do this. I would coach people all day. I would teach the Bible online all day. I would play at churches, worship, and uh, lead worship. I would teach maybe a Wednesday night discipleship class every week at a church or maybe teach at a seminary online. That's what I would do. And be home with my wife, being with my lovely wife every day and uh, supporting her and loving our kids and in due time our grandkids. And my mommy, who's in Nicaragua, And making a million dollars through all these things or whatever it is and that's what I would do with my life why am I not doing that I am in some ways it's just obviously you have to work and so sometimes and the fact that being successful online or all these things that I've mentioned take time and uh, it's not easy I've been doing this for a long time and it's still a work in progress as far as making this profitable and all that stuff but I keep pursuing it. I'm not the best marketer, brand brand person. I have videos that are all about, a, well, not about a million things. Either it's self-awareness and kind of personal development type stuff, self-help and slash faith or music. I mean, those are really the two things I talk about. And so, yeah, I'm not like a TikToker or a 22-year-old or whatever it is. Or even that entertaining on on camera I am I don't know more serious logical whatever it is but I truly have a heart for people and I truly I would say the best thing that I can do for the kingdom is to be in a room with one ten a hundred a thousand ten thousand people I come alive when I'm in front of others and I'm ministering the Word of God teaching preaching worshiping jesus and 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 then being the vulnerable honest me that i am not hiding not thinking i'm perfect not judging people but truly loving people mentoring young people and people at midlife coaching helping people know who they are in christ so that's what i'm doing and i would love to be able to coach people one of the things that Cliff is doing, as I said this week, is coaching people online, ask me anything, free coaching, like every day he's done that for two, three hours, and people come on and they interact with him, and I would love that. They come on Zoom, they turn on their cameras, some are just some it's just audio, but that would be my dream is to teach people here online and to just help people i feel like i'm a source a wealth of knowledge all these books that i've read and degrees and all this craziness that i have accumulated and i feel like it's just going to waste just sitting in my head or in my here in my room or in books or whatever i really long to give what i have to other people and to teach the word of god and i also need to make a living and as i said um to be able to provide and God is doing that as well and so we'll see what happens in this next season I'm not sure yet what's going to happen as far as our ministry and everything but we're trusting God that he will lead us of course as I mentioned I was so bummed that this church didn't happen that would have been a perfect fit for us but God knows and so now we're looking for a place where I can work full time as a pastor again and so that's what I'm trusting God for in this next season And in the meantime, as I said, I'm teaching and I'm serving and um, helping kids uh, learn math and also, most of all, become young people of faith and grow in their faith. So my wife is amazing, doing great. Our kids are beautiful. Daisy is hanging in there. And my mommy's great. And uh, our grieving is ongoing. And my wife and I sat this morning and talked about Dad Baker this morning and shed a few tears and continue to grieve and to process his laws. So I'm here for you. I love you. Thank you for being here. I'll see you next time. Adios.